Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, October 28th and trending this hour, Paul Pelosi. He was assaulted during an in-home break-in. The husband of Nancy Pelosi is currently in the hospital. He is expected to make a full recovery. Also trending, Elon Musk. He took over Twitter. He tweeted out, the bird is free. His first order of business to fire the company's CEO and CFO. And also trending is Michael Phelps. The 23-time gold medal winner posted to Instagram that his father had passed away. He said, you'll always be my dad and I'll always be your son. Love you, dad, and I will miss you. It is six minutes after 10. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And let's talk about food, shall we? Are you hungry, hungry this morning? Well, if you are, chances are whatever you're eating costs more today than it did a year ago. Joe Biden, however, suggesting that the record increase in food prices aren't that big of a deal. He said people are just buying off-brand. When do you think the last time was Joe Biden bought the Walmart brand of anything? When do you think the last time is Joe Biden went to a grocery store? Well, that's store? a very good that's a very good point. I mean, like, he's not a regular person right. who every Saturday is out at Meyer yeah. or Kroger or Aldi or Costco or wherever buying his weeks or two weeks worth of groceries that, for the that, family and the kids. That's a phenomenal. That's such a great point because remember when George Old Man Bush, H.W. Mm-hmm. Bush, was running for re-election or getting ready to run for re-election, and he went to a supermarket. Didn't he buy a gallon of milk? And he he could not, or he, he appeared perplexed at how the uh the scanner thing worked like he he was so out of touch on how you would go through a line at a grocery store and this was obviously in the early 90s and it really hurt him mm-hmm. with un, kind of undecided people because they said well this guy is out of touch with the average regular person and doesn't understand what I'm going through can you imagine joe biden oh no trying to do a self checkout oh no no, I, I. He would not even be able to know how to wind his way through the line. No. And oh, does that green mean that that one's available, and I can step up and do it on my own now? You just made such a great point, Casey. The president of the United States. We're, think about the conversation we're having here. The president of the United States. We are overly confident the president of the United States could not, from home to home. So I'm talking about. Driving yourself to the store, parking, <laughs> finding the store, putting the address in the GPS to even locate the nearest grocery store, parking effectively, <laughs> getting out, walking into the store, getting the cart out of the the little uh, area where the carts are, and if he's going to Aldi to get a cheaper price, putting the quarter in for the bag or the cart, we're, figuring we're, that out. We're laughing about this, but this really is very sad that the, we are fairly confident from home to home. And by the way, my grandfather. Uh, into his 90s could still do this and pull this off. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was not supposed to be driving, but he was. And he could drive from his home, go to the store, mm-hmm. purchase the items, mm-hmm. and come home. So it's not like we're asking for some overwhelmingly Hercule- Herculean task, but we are fairly confident that the leader of the free world could not, from home to home, drive himself to the store, make the purchases, 
figure out how to either pay with a credit card or cash or whatever mm-hmm. and come home. That's our that's the leader of this country. Right. He couldn't self-scan right now. He cannot exit a stage. We've seen two, three times this week alone where he was wandering, which way do I get off the stage, looking around? Someone direct me, please. Getting lost in the Rose Garden at the White House. But I bet that's true for a huge number, or way more than you would think, unless you actually stop and think about it, of these congressmen and senators too. Like, okay, so when Duca Spendingberg did the staged photo where he was looking angry like Terminator at the gas pump without a car in the photo, mm-hmm. when do you think was the last time Todd Young actually pumped his own gas? Mm-hmm. Better question. When do you think was the last time Todd Young whipped out a credit card that was not of the taxpayer or the campaign account mm-hmm. to pay for much of anything? To pay for the gas. Uh, Bernie Sanders, pick any of these people. And so these people are totally disconnected from what the reality is. They're totally disconnected from everything other than whatever talking point their stooge assistant gives them before they go on whatever TV station they're going on or whatever chamber of commerce they're appearing in front of or whatever. So Biden, his new deal at a time where, while we may not technically be experiencing record inflation, it is still a crippling level of inflation. His response is to just buy the off-brand. And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices, is not the price of beef and eggs, et cetera, although they're up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, raisin bran, which you're going to see them buy another raisin bran, which is going to be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is there is real movement. So his thing is, yeah, okay, we've totally botched it up, but dude, just buy the off-brand. Now, we've had this conversation, mm-hmm. Casey, mm-hmm. and I loathe all of you people now <laughs> because, look, we all we, there is the agreement in life, right? You can be the freewheeling, free-spending person who has decided to put your money into really nice things, like whether it's cars or clothes or nicer steaks or whatever. I don't begrudge you for that. It is your money. You may spend it as you see fit. I have chosen to be a person who is largely a minimalist, who everything I buy is the cheapest, most effective way possible, and I will have my home paid off before I'm 40 and laugh at you as you have to work until you're 90. This is the trade-off, right? But part of the trade-off is you have chosen to be an on-brand person. Mm-hmm. I have chosen to be an off-brand person. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like the, uh, the 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 Israelis and the Palestinians. There is a line. There is a demarcation line here, right? As long as everybody stays on their side of the line, everybody's going to be fine. No throwing rockets at each other. And the line is: you wanted to be an on-brand person. I chose to be an off-brand person. The problem now is all the on-brand people mm-hmm. have come into my world. I didn't come into your world. I don't think they want to come into your world, but they're being forced well, but to. It doesn't matter. We had an agreement, Casey. We had an agreement. You were going to have the nice stuff. I was going to have the stuff that tasted like cardboard. We had the agreement. <laughs> we were all working together on this agreement. And now your unwillingness to hold to the agreement, which is to sit there and have your $5 box of cereal, name brand cereal, means that my cereal now mm-hmm. is markedly more expensive when I can get it. 
and everyone should feel terrible about themselves and the government must do something because the on-brand people should not be able to ruin it for the off-brand people. I'm concerned that he said the price of, did he say the price of eggs wasn't going up? Can you play that again for me, Kevin? I just want to clarify exactly what the president was saying here. I get and by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices is not the price of beef and eggs, et cetera, or <laughs> up. It's packaged goods. What? Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, Raisin Bran, which you're going to see them buy another Raisin Bran, which is going to be a dollar cheaper. I mean, okay, so- okay, okay, okay. He, did. he just said the price of beef and <laughs> eggs was not going up. Year over year price change. Eggs have increased by 39%. And the price of beef hasn't gone up? Meat, poultry, fish, it's all up, 8%. What planet is he living on, Casey? A lot of people not getting their full dietary needs because of the price of protein going up. Milk up 17%. Butter up 24%. And... Yes, breakfast cereal up 16%. And you've mentioned quite a few times, not only are you buying the off-brand, but even your off-brand selections have less yes. items in the box. Yes. Your your beloved Pop-Tarts. Yes. Yes. There, there's no longer four in the box. No. Now it's three. No. And and again, I just can't tell you how ashamed of yourself all you on-brand people should be <laughs> because we had an agreement and you are not holding up your end of the bargain. All right. When we come back, yeah. the Democrats are in big trouble. And they have said, someone must save us. They have picked a person to try to save them. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you who that is when we come back. All right. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. I put a spell on you. So we're just two weeks before the, less than two weeks rather, before the midterm elections. And now the Democrat Party's scrambling just a bit. And they're asking former President Barack Obama to perform some late game heroics. Please come help us. He's going to be traveling to Georgia, Wisconsin, Nevada, also Pennsylvania to do some stumping in those states. So this is fascinating because you're not sending the current president in. Yeah. You're sending the former Mm -hmm. president Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And I understand why they're doing this, but... As we have told you throughout the course of this entire little exercise we've called the midterm elections, the polls were always going to tighten. Republicans were always much closer than you were led to believe, if not actually ahead. We may have time to get to it later. There's some audio from Chuck Schumer telling Biden that they are in big trouble in Georgia. Maybe we play that. Kevin, do we have that audio of Schumer telling Biden... Uh, I've got it down there in the 11 o'clock hour, 11.20, if we could play that uh, here in just a second, of Schumer telling Biden that they're in trouble in Georgia. And oh, this was the off-mic comment, yes. right? So he, he so he was, on, he was on, yeah, okay, so we've got this. So they were they met him in an air, airplane or some maybe Air yeah, Force One. Hot mic, wasn't aware he was being recorded. Y- yeah, all right, so we've got that. Take a listen. That's the... That's the... 
So it's a little hard to hear on there, but if you listen to it and you listen to it long enough and there's articles written about it, I mean, it's you can find it. It's very clear that he said, you know, we're in trouble in Georgia. In we're in, in big trouble. And what do we tell you? Herschel Walker was mm-hmm. always going to win Georgia. It doesn't matter. There's too many people that will vote for Herschel Walker if he were running on the Martian party. But now look at Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a complete meltdown there in Pennsylvania, even with all the creative vote counting that's going to take place in Philadelphia. Oz will probably win. Masters now. It's a dead heat in Arizona. Masters was left for dead several weeks ago. Uh, Wisconsin's over. Ron Johnson's going to win. In addition to being a great stereo salesman in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, uh, Bud, the guy in North Carolina, the Republic, is going to win. Rubio pulling ahead in Florida. So you're seeing that in these swing states, the Republicans, as it was always going to happen, are pulling ahead or even Mm -hmm. because the country is sick of the crap and a former president coming out, no matter how articulate or inspiring or charismatic or whatever Obama is to you, is not going to change to the masses that their life sucks and food is unaffordable and you can't find stuff and gas is really expensive. Yeah, so Republicans need to pick up just one additional Senate seat and then they'll secure that chamber. And they're expected to win enough seats also to take over the House of Representatives. Now, Biden's approval rating right now, the latest one, according to Reuters, is at 39%. So if you don't want this guy around, who do you go to? Well, how about the guy who has a high approval rating, someone who is well-liked, at least within their own party? Let's get the former guy to come in and try to close some of these deals that they desperately need. Yeah, but again, that's the problem, right? It's like this is not... Uh, this is not Major League Baseball where you can send Mariano Rivera out there in the ninth inning and it's an automatic victory for the Yankees win, the Yankees win. It's not how this works, right? The president, I mean, ultimately the candidate, him or herself, has to be the closer because their name is on the ballot. Now, a sitting president of a a sitting popular president might be able to help you, but the former president, Mm -hmm. who's been out of office now for six years, He's not on the ballot. He's not, you know, making the case for people in terms of help me in Washington. Obama's just some old guy who used to be in office now. I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, that's pretty much what all former presidents are, especially six years after you were last in office. Whether it's Bush, it'll be Trump someday. You're just some old guy who used to be the president. Uh, There's some respect that comes with that. There's some level of admiration to people who have risen to the level of the presidency. But even, you know, I mean, okay, let's say, uh, I was trying to think before he was a pariah, but George Bush was a pariah before he left office. The old, old man Bush. Okay, so he lost reelection, but he wasn't a pariah. He didn't go out with a 10 approval rating, whatever. When old man Bush, in the midterms of the equivalent, which would have been 1998, would anybody have said, oh my gosh, George H.W. Bush is here campaigning for filling your favorite person, he'll seal the deal for whoever. No, because people don't vote based on former presidents. Now, Obama's a much better speaker. He's more charismatic. He's more youthful. But it doesn't matter. It's It'll get you some attention. Mm-hmm. But it's you're not, he's not, nobody's voting based on what Obama said. Who wasn't already going to vote based on what Obama said. He's also going to hit Michigan. He's going to travel up there and try and help 
Gretchen Whitmer with her governor race Uh-oh. in Michigan. Biden not totally staying off the campaign trail. He plans to go to Florida where he's going to stump for Charlie Crist, who is, as you like to say, going to get boat raced. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. From Ron DeSantis. So. Okay, real quick, before we go to a break, I wanted to play this because this is like the most racist thing in the history of ever. And this is a clip of the Democrat nominee for lieutenant Uh, governor in Florida, Florida, Mm -hmm. who is talking about the current Republican lieutenant governor. And she literally says she should have her Latina uh, card revoked because she does not support illegal immigration. Go. Um, but 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 I have a very diverse background because of where I grew up and um, just the environment that I grew up in. Um, I'll tell you this. I know that, you know, technically she's considered a Latina, uh, but I think that her Latina card should be revoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that she said and she was OK as a Cuban-American saying that she was OK with putting Cubans on a bus and sending them to Delaware, which is where President Biden lives, by the way, the compassionate president that came over here and saved us because he's the one that's provided us all the resources that we have right now. Okay. She said right. that before. So so if you disagree that illegal immigrants should just be able to set up wherever they want, then you should not only not be elected, which, okay, we can have that conversation, but you should also lose your card of your race mm-hmm. and heritage what is it with democrats and trying to take away people's race and heritage if they don't vote in a certain way that is like the most racist thing ever if you don't see it our way it's because you're racist <laughs> is that what she's saying just... this is uh, carla hernandez Matz. yes yeah all right when we come back we got a lot of phone calls to get to there's some really good ones are we going to have Kevin read them like he read the hate mail uh, last night? <laughs> that was one of the best parts of a night with WIBC. Uh, your voicemail is coming up next. Yeah, it's 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Good morning, it is Kendall I'm and Casey on 93 WIBC at 1031. 317-684-8444. That's our phone number. Questions, comments, smart remarks. They're all welcome. We love hearing from you with our voicemails. All right, so we throw out a lot of big numbers here when we talk about our government and our national debt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think it just, people kind of glaze over it because it doesn't really, they have no perspective. Mm -hmm. And why would you? on what a trillion of anything actually is. So when we talk about being $31 trillion in debt and the abuse and mismanagement of our American financial system and system of governance that it takes to accumulate $31 trillion of debt, maybe it doesn't always register to Mm -hmm. people because they don't understand how much even $1 trillion is. And we had a caller today who gave the best breakdown of how much one one single trillion is I've ever heard. Please go. Hey, Rob and Katie, this is John from Bloomington. Love your show. Keep it up. Thanks for all the info. I would like to recommend a book that I got in 1992 that I think is just coming true uh, by a 
a deceased financial wizard named Larry Burkett. It's called The Coming Economic Earthquake. Great short read. You read it in one evening. In Chapter 2, he gives the greatest description of a trillion dollars that I've ever heard. He said that when they were printing $1,000 bills at the federal level, a 1,000 of them, which is a million dollars, tightly packed, equaled four inches high. And doing the math, a billion, which is a 1,000 times that, 4,000 inches high is 333 feet high. Uh, 333.33 feet, to be exact. And a trillion dollars, which is a 1,000 times that, is 333,333 feet high, which, when divided down to miles, becomes 63.13 miles high of tightly packed $1,000 bills. 63. Wow. What do you say? 63.1 was miles. It? 60, okay, so 63.1 miles of tightly packed $1,000 bills. So, okay, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm trying, just trying to do this. So basically, and it may be slightly off, but it is the equivalent of if you tightly packed $1,000 bills from here to Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I was like, that's like to Purdue and back. So let's times that by 11. Six hundred and ninety-four point one miles of tightly packed one thousand dollar bills is what the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, has voted to add to the national debt since he has been in public office the past six years. But I'm the bad guy in this equation. Six hundred and ninety-four miles of tightly packed one one thousand dollar bills in just the past six years. Wow. Gee, wonder why. I advise people not to vote for the guy. How could you know that information, Casey? And I don't care what mental pretzel you attempt to take yourself towards. Get there, knowing the guy has added 694 miles of tightly packed $1,000 bills to the national debt. 690, okay. I'm trying to wrap my brain around this, and I'm sitting here with my Google Maps trying to figure it out. I'm thinking, wow, is is that to St. Louis? No, that's only a third of the way to St. Louis. <laughs> it's it's at least so. Halfway. What? How? how? Let, let's go to Kansas City. That's not far enough. <laughs> is from here to Wichita? <laughs> is that far enough? Six, what was it? Six hundred and six hundred ninety-four. Six hundred. Yeah. It's just a little over. You would have to go to the far, far west side of Wichita, Kansas. So if you got in your car right now from the greater Indianapolis area. Which would area, take you 15 hours, by the way, to drive. Yeah. So if you if you got in your car from the greater Indianapolis area and you drove to the end, ends of Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. imagine that entire trip, $1,000 bills tightly packed. Mm-hmm. That is how much Todd Young has added to the national debt in the past six years. And he told you, Case, or he told me in a room full of people, yeah. he's not stopping. He's going to keep going. So by six more years, he will have got you to the Pacific Ocean. I was going to say, he'll get you all the way to the coast. But hey, if you got to kneel at that altar because you're f- so afraid of some supposed boogeyman, <laughs> go right on ahead.
Oh, uh, we also wow, got, great phone call. That was that's, awesome. That's wasn't incredible. It? That guy was incredible. Give yeah. that dude a, a total gold, gold star. star. Yeah. Um. All right, so we got another call. Got a call. A lot of people, and this warms my heart. A lot of people are super undecided on this Secretary of State race. Go. Hi, Rob Casey. I listen to your show every day. My name's Joanna. Um, I'm from the Bloomington area, and sometimes it's hard to pick you up, but I get you most of the time. <laughs> I have a question for Rob. He's always talking about uh, our Secretary of State Republican uh, candidate and um, how horrible he is, and I have to agree with you. I kind of questioned at first, and then I heard an uh, radio commercial, and I, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is bad. And then I saw a TV commercial, and that just clinched it for me. Um, he's not qualified. He's not going to be a good candidate. I am a very staunch Republican, very conservative. Uh, our whole family is. So I talked to my husband last night about voting Libertarian for Secretary of State. And he says that that doesn't change anything because the Libertarian's not going to win. If you really don't want this Diego guy, we have to vote Democrat and hope that the Democrat, he said, do you think the Democrat candidate is qualified? I said more than Diego. So I want your thought on that and how you feel. I know you want to vote Libertarian, but he said that's throwing a vote away and only will give it to Diego. So... I'll be waiting to hear your comment. Okay, so I'd like to point out we have had back-to-back calls from deep. This is how how powerful mm-hmm. and popular our station and our show is. We've had two back-to-back phone calls from people in deep blue Bloomington mm-hmm. who are not only listening, but obviously feeling passionate enough to call mm-hmm. the show. So that's awesome. Thank you to both of, of you guys. And yeah, I, hope thanks, it lets, I hope that lets people know who are in deep blue areas. You are not alone. There are many, 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 many people out there who think exactly the way you do and never be afraid to be out there and be vocal about your thoughts because there are a lot more people out there like you than you know, and maybe they're just looking for somebody to speak up. So Yeah, it's really interesting, too. She said she talked to her husband about this. So yeah. she's you know been thinking about it and questioning and starting a dialogue, and right. this is where it begins. And, 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 and this is so, and we talked about this earlier in the show, this is so rewarding for me because I guarantee four years ago, no one was talking about the Secretary of State's race. And we have at least been able to start a, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, it. we've started a statewide dialogue about who the Republicans are, the types of people they're nominating, and the way they're governing. And so that is a major victory. Now, that victory doesn't mean anything if you don't turn it into change in terms of the system of governance. So, Two things. One, she's absolutely right. If you put Diego's resume and Destiny Wells' resume, just we know nothing about these two people, and you put them side by side, Mm -hmm. because what is an election? It's a job interview, right? Mm -hmm. Destiny Wells is more qualified, resume to resume, versus Diego Morales. She's absolutely right on that. But this isn't about, it's not throwing your vote away if you vote for the Libertarian. Is Jeff Moore going to be the next Secretary of State? 
I would be lying to my audience if I said I stand here right now telling you I think Jeff Moore is going to win more votes ultimately than Diego Morales or Destiny Wells. I do not believe that. But what I'm telling you, and we have told you from the beginning, is that a vote for Jeff Moore is for two things. One, he is infinitely the most qualified person of those three, those two other underachievers. It's not even close. If you put the resumes, if you listen to them, if you knew nothing about them and you put the three of them on a stage together and said, go, and you saw a resume attached, you would hire Jeff Moore every single time. Votes are earned. He's earned the vote. You should vote for the person who has earned the vote. We have to start voting for people who earn the vote. So you, that, that should be the first part. The second part is he doesn't have to win. His winning is not whether he gets more votes than Diego or Destiny Wells. His winning and all of us, it's not his winning, it's all of us winning, is the Secretary of State, Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, getting 10% of the vote. Because the 10% of the vote gets the Libertarians for the next four years primary ballot access which is millions of dollars. We talked with Donald Rainwater earlier mm -hmm. about how what is the biggest disadvantage for the libertarians? They can't get the message out. Right. The primary that costs money. The primary ballot access in terms of the free publicity and the more importantly access to primary voter information is worth millions of dollars to the libertarians every single election cycle. Mm -hmm. So if you are tired of the Republican crap, if you are tired of the lockdowns, that they did nothing about. If you're tired of the mask mandates, that they did nothing about. If you're tired of the never-ending tax increases, which not only do nothing about, they keep going along with. If you're tired of the record government spending, which they've done. If you're tired of the record government, which they've done. If you're tired of the crony capitalism, which they've done. If you're tired of them taking $1,500 extra of your money, not needed to fund the government, giving 200 of it back to you and then throwing themselves a parade, then the number one thing you can do is send a message to these clowns and vote for Jeff Moore. You're not risking the U.S. Senate. Even if Destiny Wells somehow gets in there, she mm -hmm. can't do anything. The Republicans still set all the agenda. She is a, an administrator of government policy. And you can send a message and you can actually accomplish something. If you are actually tired of the Republican crap, you have one opportunity to do something about it, and it is the vote for Secretary of State. Secretary Okay, now that is one of the best points that I have heard you make, Rob, about the Secretary of State race, because that is what is holding, I think, a lot of people back from voting Libertarian, especially in the Senate race, because everybody's afraid if you vote, vote for Seniac, that means you're just going to hand it over to McDermott. Right. Yes, and that is absolutely, there is no- Because you're going to split, the, split sure. the vote, right? right? But in the Secretary of State race, it's- it, she has no voting power. Right. She's not going to be making if, legislation like that. If she wins. Mm -hmm. Now, he's still probably going to win. Like, let's say there's a world where it's 45, 43, 12, which I think is highly possible. He's still going to win undeservingly. So you, you'll still get to keep this bizarre Republican fetish that some people, I guess, have for big government and big taxes. You'll still get to keep all of that. And you'll actually be able to do something. If you want your vote to count, the counting vote this fall in the Secretary of State's race is not a vote for Diego. It is a vote for Jeff Moore. Don't you just for once want to walk in there and go, for once, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up for my family. I'm going to stand up for the people of Indiana. And for once, I'm going to throw the letters aside and I'm going to vote for the best person. 
just for once, you'll feel so much better about yourself. Hammer's coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Ten forty-seven with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC and Hammers in the studio. Last night you took a chair to your producer and pummeled him. Not the first time that's happened. You also had Tanya Harding. <laughs> that was awesome. What a surprise! We're talking about a night with WIBC Hammers with us. So last night um, we made the announcement to the crowd. Mm-hmm. First time we've talked about this that our producer. TKW, the Kyle Wells, Mega Mondo, uh, he is leaving us after today. Getting a job at a Fortune 500 company, no doubt. Uh, he's going to be doing marketing for wrestling. <laughs> it's perfect for him. He got a gig in the wrestling business. Oh. And that's kind of who he is. Yeah, right. So um, today is his final day on the Hammer and Nigel show. We announced it last night, and we had <laughs> uh, a very high-profile celebrity yes. do a cameo video wishing him the best, Yeah, Tanya Harding. Because mm-hmm. we figured that was going to be a great setup to me coming out and whacking him with a chair. <laughs> what's, a, what's a Tanya Harding cameo run these days? Not much, Rob. Really? Not much. Uh, when we went to management and said, hey, how much would it be to have Stone Cold Steve Austin? How much would it be to right. have The Rock? They countered with, how about Tanya Harding? Good enough. <laughs> Right. Good enough. Does Jeff Galuli come with it for an extra five bucks? <laughs> so uh, today, throughout the day on our program, it's TK Dub Appreciation Day. If that big dumb animal has ever made you laugh at any point with mm. you know, his laughing in the background or <laughs> any one of his characters, because he on our show plays yeah. the role of Joe Biden, Luke Bryan, the Kool-Aid man, mm-hmm. uh, all of the newsroom and others, uh, it'll be a fun show. Yeah, and you know, you are never gonna meet a genuinely nicer, high energy, mm-hmm. loves everybody person than Kyle Wells. He always has a positive attitude. He does. He does. Kind of yeah. gross. For like a big, strong, hairy, burly dude, he's the most optimistic guy mm-hmm. in the world. He's going to do great in this new position. He's the permanent hype man. Yeah, and now it's he's, his passion. And now he's going to do it with his passion. Yeah, that's right. great. So uh, today uh, we're going to have some fun. Uh, we'll still do the usual Hammer, Hammer and Nigel show. You know, top stories, mm-hmm. Dockage, Abdul will join us. Uh, but sprinkled throughout the show, you may hear uh, one final time from the Kool-Aid man, Luke Bryan, <laughs> and all your favorite radio pals. The Kyle greatest hits, right? <laughs> right, you, right. Uh, you had Mike Braun on yesterday. We did. We did. The the uh, senator from Indiana came in studio. He just wrapped up touring all 92 counties wow. in Indiana. And shockingly, not a lot of talk of uh, January 6th. No I, kidding. It's weird because huh. I was told that was a big deal. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. we asked the million dollar question. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Are you going to run for Senate again? Do you want to become the governor of Indiana? And he told us that he'll be making that decision in about a month or so. Well, see, and here's where I'm at because you know, Hammer, uh, everything is, as I told her tonight, with WIBC audience last night, I came out on stage by myself, and everybody was like, why are you here by yourself? Because I said, well, I'm a self-absorbed egomaniac who loves the sound of my own voice. 
So my personal interest in this is <laughs> I need him to run for governor so that Sparts will get out of the fifth mm-hmm. uh, so she can run for Senate so our dear friend Micah Beckwith can be a congressman so we can hurry up and make that announcement. Because <laughs> Casey and I are banking on janitor jobs in Washington, D.C. Uh, oh, with Micah. Okay. So, I'm going to uh, restock the vending yeah, machine. Well, because, you know, radio careers last about eight seconds. Right. So we feel a janitor job in Washington, D.C. is I'm trying to get Chris Hammer on the campaign staff <laughs> with Braun. Uh, but no, um, we're hoping he'll do it on our show. So one yeah. way or the other, he said about a month is when he's going to make and this decision. Said, okay, so what are you doing right before Thanksgiving? Should we book that now? Well, right. he, he, he's going to run, right? I mean, you, you're good at reading a room. He's he's in. If I were a betting man. Uh, you are. What's I, the money line? I would say <laughs> there's a very good chance that he runs for governor. Where are we at on this? Because, like, I, I like Braun. He's, he's a nice guy. He's done a pretty good job, at least voting-wise. There's sometimes he opens his mouth where he shouldn't on things he's clearly not prepared to talk about. But that aside, the vote's all that matters. And voting-wise, he's done pretty good. But let's face it. Okay, he casts himself as the outsider, right? I'm the I'm the businessman who I'm not the politician. Well, okay, dude, you've been a state rep, you've been a U.S. senator, now you want to be a governor. You kind of are a politician at this point. He's no longer an outsider. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you, you've been, been doing, doing this, it, and you like doing it because you keep running for stuff. His angle is going to be: I went to D.C. I thought we could change the swamp. Ain't one person changing that swamp. So I want to come back to Indiana mm-hmm. where I could actually make a difference. Well, I am looking forward, because you know me, I have to ruin everything. Sure. Uh, I'm looking for for Mike Braun's explanation on why he voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. And at the time, what was the largest budget in Indiana state history? Because he he cast himself as a conservative, and he voted for that gas tax when he was in the Indiana General Assembly and didn't think twice about it. So that governor's race should have some interesting characters in it. Like, the primary is going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Braun's going to be in it. And for the Democrats, I mean, Jennifer McCormick is laying the groundwork to run for governor. She's a nut. She is an absolute (laughs) nut. But you know what? Here's the thing about Jennifer McCormick that everybody needs to know. And, And I look forward to, you know... This will shock you, but I'm going to look forward to reminding people of this time and time and time again the next two years. Jennifer McCormick only exists because of Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer. Because the 2016 Republican convention, before they took away your right to vote on superintendent, because I thought you were too stupid to pick whoever you wanted, (laughs) uh, there was a reliably conservative option. There were two women running, Don Wooten and Jennifer McCormick. And Don Wooden was a reliably conservative opportunity. And Holcomb and Hupfer went hardcore. And the establishment wing of the Republican Party and the donors and lobbyists went hardcore for Jennifer McCormick. And not for that, she would not have been the superintendent. They fell for her act where she was never conservative, never a Republican. But like these folks that run for school board, like the Mike Wells, they're going to try to keep it under wraps. Oh, no, that's not who I am. But the minute they get that little piece of power, here comes all the ridiculous bullcrap. Yeah, so when you see on social media Jennifer McCormick out there endorsing Democrats, spouting her insanity, in bed with the teachers union, remember, that was brought to you by Eric Holcomb and the Indiana Republican Party. But she's got a shot, man. Oh, sure she does. teachers union, yeah. they got a lot of money, they got a lot of power, and a lot of folks in that teachers union love them some Jennifer McCormick. Colts got any chance to win this week? Vegas thinks so. The numbers went up once they announced that <laughs> Sam Ellinger was going to be the quarterback. 
when the line first came out, it was on Monday, and we thought Matt Ryan would still be the quarterback. The Colts were favored by two and a half. Yeah. Once that news broke, mm-hmm. it went up to three, and it's kind of stayed there. Now it's teetering a little bit, two and a half to three, but the betting community is all in on Sam I am. Why? I have no idea. Because <laughs> the commanders, as they're known as now, are coming in with a backup quarterback, too. But this kid's not awful. He started a playoff game before, Taylor Heineke. He just beat Green Bay last weekend, didn't play bad at all. And they're coming in here, and uh, man, it's hard to fathom that the line went up with the announcement that a former third-team practice guy is going to be your starting quarterback. Well, and that commander's defense, they're for real. I watched them a couple weeks ago. They stymied the Bears, and we know the Bears' offense is... (laughs) Not everybody can shut down Um, the Chicago Bears, I mean, they put up a 30-burger against uh, Bill Belichick just a week ago. Is Matt Ryan going to get traded away? I think they'll try, but nobody's going to make that deal. Nobody's going yeah. to make that deal. Who wants that? Who wants that? that con- Is that the worst trade in franchise history? I don't know. Trent Richardson turns out to be kind of a bad deal. Remember when the Colts gave oh, yeah. up a first-round pick That's for right. the Browns running back, and it turned out that he was a total bust. Um, hey, before we wrap up, has there been an email sent out about what a great job we did at a night with WIBC last oh, night? Oh, this isn't Hank FM. Please. Right. <laughs> Hank could have a homeless guy come in with a banjo and play in front of three people, and there's a company company-wide email. We sell out a venue at Butler Crickets. It's coming up this afternoon. <laughs> it's TK Dub Appreciation Day, plus Dan Dockich, Abdul, and the biggest stories of the day. Thank you so much, Hammer. Good job last night, too. You too. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.